0: Hi, welcome to Off-Color Commentary, your go-to podcast for all things media, culture, and politics. We're your hosts, April, Keisha, and I'm Tora Shea. Today, we're discussing Pride Month, Rainbow Capitalism, and corporations finally standing up for women of color in the sci-fi and fantasy genres, and so much more.
1: But first... What have y'all been up to this week?
2: I've been loving Spy X Family. It's my favorite thing. I also restarted Veroni Kenshin and Yu Yu Hakusho because why not? Okay. Was, I've been in my anime bag this week. I work from home now, so that's really what I've been doing. I've been on my computer, logged in, and watching anime on
0: <laughs> my television. That's great. Oh, uh, speaking of Yu Yu Hakusho, what do you think your spear beast would look like? A hot mess. That's all I got. A hot mess. Mm-hmm. But there would probably be horns
1: be hairy. I'm thinking like a mix between an elephant and a peacock. I don't know how, I don't know what (laughs) dynamics it has, but that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm envisioning. And
2: then the nose, and then we have the peacock tail on the back. I like
1: that, yes. I have also been in my anime bag. Okay, not even anime. So I got over my little reader slump recently. I read Blue Flag, which is this amazing slice of life manga. It's got, what is it? Eight volumes, 207 pages. Ooh. I read that shit in 12 hours, 12 hours. When I tell you it is the slowest burn, these motherfuckers don't hold hands until the end of the goddamn book. And the thing is, it's not a love triangle. It's a fucking love polygon. Cause A is in love with B, B is in love with A, A is in love with C, B, is friends with C. C wants A and wants to be B. But then D is also in love with C. D is trying to figure out if she's a lesbian or bi or pan. And then there's sexual, there's a homophobic friend, but like, it's a lot. And it, it was, listen, when I tell you a polygon and it's so beautiful, it is so beautiful. And I will say the Japanese to English translation is a little goofy. It's definitely a little goofy, but the social commentary Specifically around friendships between genders and illicit sexualization of women when they want to just interact with men on a platonic level. So fucking good. So fucking good. And we got a sporty gay who's like the popular jock. It's so good. I love it so much. Sporty Spice. It was wonderful. Y'all have to read it. I already sent out emails to try and interview the mangaka of the series. But we'll see how that goes. And then outside of that, I finally started Spy X Family. Really? After, I sure did. You inspired me. I love um, it. It's so cute. I watched all of the episodes. I'm caught up. And I am reading the manga right now. It's so fucking cute. I'm it's, so happy that I gave it a shot.
2: It's just such a feel-good show.
1: It is. I'm, it's... I'm
2: in love with Anya. I just want nothing but the best for
1: her. <laughs> I do. T- like, it's truly the best melding of, like, fake dating fake family and found family. Yes. It hits all the l- spots in my little gay heart. <laughs> it really does. but what about you, my love? You
0: So, I need a little bit of negrosity in my life, so I'm rewatching girlfriends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking if they could reboot Sex and the City and then there were some, whatever they call that and hook us because I did watch it and I'm going to watch whatever. Apparently Samantha's coming back. That's what they had said Oh, Wait, well. she got me back? Uh, don't quote me on that that's what my partner because i know there were money issues that's what my partner randomly said to me and i was like what that can't be right because she <laughs> said she don't fuck with them no more but that's what i was told if they but can make that down. happen they could bring back girlfriends especially now
2: that blackish is over what's tracy doing she ain't doing nothing being fine on
0: instagram that's she ain't doing nothing <laughs> <laughs> <She> Get out the pool. Except making that little hair care line that don't do nothing but make everybody that's not a three A mad. No offenses, but girl, we made that hair care line just for you. <laughs> just for me, <laughs>
2: just like the box. Okay.
1: <laughs> Listen. Every time I'm 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 in Sephora, I walk by the, that whole aisle is fully stocked. Not a bottle missing.
0: What are you buying it? <laughs> going to Sephora to get overpriced hair
2: products. They also sell like brushes and edge brushes and whatnot. And those shits are $20. And my good sis,
0: $20 for an edge brush. Do you know where I do go sometimes to get like skincare products, sometimes hair care? Cause they be mm-hmm. having them sales, Ulta. And if you get points, you can rack it up. See, yeah, y'all,
1: no, y'all got American privilege. There is no Ulta here. For me, it's a hop, skip and a drive across the border. And that then I the gotta kid. pay duties and taxes on the way back.
0: You know what we don't have in America? Creameries. So I guess. Oh, uh, what? We we I know. I'm just being shady. Y'all got Wisconsin. That's a
1: goddamn creamery on its own.
0: Ain't nobody going to them square states. Shut up.
1: <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? That's on I me. Mean. Fine. Nobody wants to go there. So wait. This is a side tangent. Did y'all know about America? No. no, no. I, not to make our podcast episodes too long, because we've been trying to like keep that just succinct and to the point. Do y'all know about America's secret cheese caves?
0: What? Anybody oh, a cave for cheese?
1: It's not- oh no! Listen, as a bitch who worked in restaurants, a cave cheese can be quite delicious. But okay, so now- T L D R: America has a fuck ton of cheese in caves because the dairy industry in America is subsidized to keep prices of shit low and it's been like that for decades to the point where there is so much dairy being produced that goes to waste that they have to keep making more cheese so every year more cheese is fucking shoved into these goddamn caves and it's not like government cheese it's legit cheese the reason why government cheese exists is because they needed a way to use this goddamn cheese
0: that cheese gonna have to stay in that in them caves unless they about to take the cheese out the caves and put it in a Trader Joe's because you know what else is probably in them caves? White cave people. I ain't gonna <laughs> find out.
1: <laughs> Listen, no, it's literally multi-million dollars worth of cheese just sitting in a rock. And it was all because they didn't want to buy European cheese. And I get it. Listen, European cheese is expensive. I like fresh goat cheese, but I'm buying Ontario Farm because I'm not buying some sh- Chevro bullshit from fuck nowhere, France. Who has that kind of money?
0: <laughs> nah, because my dumb ass will go <laughs> to buy some cave cheese and it's going to be some 80-year-old thing named Cletus. And they're like, no, I've been guarding
1: Listen, i no. at this point. Listen, at this point, Cletus and his grandbabies just gonna be like, please take this. Take it all. We're done. The way people don't even understand that these subsidized industries like bread and cheese, they're truly a house of cards.
0: That's what they said about truffles. They're just out here. You can go find some truffles.
1: <laughs> I don't even like truffles. Champagne, truffles. I'm a vegetarian <laughs> like I haven't had caviar because vegetarianism, but Je- I don't know, I know who lied. Sister. Someone and, lied to her several and times.
0: And Pagne. Some people also, just, I think caviar uh, oh,
2: used to be one of those things that was cheap because it was peasant food. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
1: it was like people like and oxtails. yeah, in Austria, like Eastern Europe and shit, used to talk about oxtail. how that shit was dirt cheap.
0: Let me not talk about oxtail. Before. I just went. I, I went to went to a food
2: truck, and they gave me three oxtails, and there was rice and beans. Implanted. But they gave me three oxtails for $20 fucking dollars. Excuse $20. me? <laughs> it was $20. And I, there might actually be tears in my eyes right now remembering this. Because what do you mean?
1: I don't even good. eat meat. What the fuck do you mean, $20?
0: I was so sad. They should have never found out
1: about oxtails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the price, like, it keeps going up.
2: You did the same thing with collards. They just, every time.
1: And last year they did that shit with Fufu and Igusi. Every night.
0: Yes. Well, can they please stop doing these <laughs> fucking videos with them trying? F-
1: if there's one thing I will do, it's keep white people the fuck out. I like, there's Browns, there's like Caribbean and Indian grocery stores in this area. I'm not telling anyone shit. You won't no, see it on a TikTok.
0: No, I saw, no, I saw a TikTok of somebody trying basmati rice and curry. Just the other day, they about to find out and that shit about how expensive and bitch, I'm about to be mad as shit.
1: No, you know what? Fuck this shit. Let me haul my ass because I'm about to fill up the story, like truly fill up the story. Okay, any Toronto any Toronto people that are listening, y'all know the way these groceries have been ridiculous. I pay two fifty dollars a week now in groceries and my fridge still looks empty. Why? Ridiculous. I used to buy a loaf of this beautiful sourdough bread. It was like $1.50. Now that shit is $3.25. I can't even have sourdough anymore.
0: How much cocoa bread is now when I go to my place? it
1: Racism. An attack yeah, on me and mine. Be. An attack on my-
0: it took everything from us.
1: The price of turmeric has gone up.
0: I just want to be able to get a bag of rice this big it's going to never Wait. happen
1: again. It's gone. It's <laughs> gone now. Now
2: they know we're going to pay for it. <laughs> They're never going to
1: go back. You know what the one silver lining is? With the way climate's changing, you and I could far- f- fucking farm rice in northern Canada at this point. That's true. It's, listen, reject modernity. <laughs> we're returning to our roots.
0: I love you, but I'm never going that far back again.
1: <laughs> it's fine. You know what? Every every, like every comment their
0: fans for hours. <laughs>
1: Listen, every good village commune needs a storyteller. Agree? You tell your you,
0: stories while y'all work.
1: <laughs> is this gonna be me milking cows, creating a creamery, and that's how we survive this shit? I'm
0: gonna ask y'all if y'all need some water, and I'm not going to bring it. I'm just gonna ask if you would like water.
1: You'll tell the water fetcher to bring it.
0: It's right over there. I just, y'all look thirsty. Just checking if you are. You are right. going to
1: be, you're going to be the J-Lo of our commune. <laughs> unwilling to share the stage.
0: Speaking of J-Lo.
1: So. How... Get her for me. You know what? It's Pride Month. Let, let me let out the inner bitchy queer. I don't know who Miss Jennifer Lopez thought she was. That she was upset about sharing a stage because.
0: She thought she was Ashanti.
1: i <laughs> <laughs> Listening to uh, <laughs> no, because, okay, I don't know why she's upset when Janet shared a sh- stage, when Beyonce shared a stage. Is it that Shakira overshadowed her? Maybe it's that, because I don't know anyone who was trying to get on the floor. Is that one of her songs? The
2: only JLo songs that I know are from that era when she was dating Puffy. That mm. when he-
0: you mean before she whitened back up?
2: Yeah, that's literally it. Like, I'm real. <laughs> I know that song, and <laughs> literally that's
0: it. So I really don't know why what she was it how- that made her go. Oh no, it's just a little
2: bit, a little too.
0: <laughs> there was like, I I feel like there was like violence or something. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think they were out and it was like niggas fighting at a club. So <laughs> I would just step my step back on <laughs> over here, put some spares.
2: Supposedly, she told Oprah that she couldn't have the family that she wanted <laughs> with him. But
0: Dang she want no dark skin kids. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. It's now giving Oprah. I want loose <laughs> waves. It's giving she, racism. <laughs> she told Oprah, my mama said, if they can't use your comb, don't bring no. <laughs> up The irony is that all of them They are all not all of them.
1: Well, well you no, know what? Okay.
0: The originator.
1: I cannot with y'all. The um, originator. Please. Okay. Speaking of interviews with people, okay. Because we talked about, like, we, because Jello will talk about violence. Can we briefly talk about how Queen Latifah was on Hot Ones for promoting hustle?
0: Mother.
1: Baby. Yeah. Evelyn Hugo, like that book, Evelyn Hugo oh, wow, and her seven sons. Oh, wow. Listen, not to give a white man too many props, but like Sean Evans, the host of Hot Ones, he does a very good fucking job as a host, as an interviewer, because he was asking her relevant questions. Like he was asking about her work in the 80s and singing and rapping. And at one point, Queen Latifah, she's like in the middle of everything. She's like, you know what? I loved it. People were gangbanging. It was a part of the environment and it was fun. And she reminisces about this time where she was performing and she gave the mic to someone to do shout outs and they started throwing out signs, and she's like, I had to snatch that shit back so that we could keep going. <laughs> and this, the clear difference between her and J.Lo, their experiences, J.Lo is out here, first of all, intruding in a space that, where she did not belong. I'm not gonna say stealing songs because we don't have lawsuit money.
0: Everybody already knows that those are Ashanti's back. They know, they
1: know, but it's baby, again, Off Color does not have lawsuit money. So I sha Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> it's very clear who's the real performer in this situation.
0: Okay, Lo got away with know. a lot during that time because niggas had the weakest link. Oh. Um, and J.Lo was touted as having the biggest ass of all time back then. Hey. Like, I do not understand, because the booties back then were booty. Do y'all remember Pam's booty? Black men have always been
2: fascinated by Black features on non-Black women.
1: Like, if we're talking about it, she was the blueprint for these Kardashians and whatnot.
0: Say that. Say say more.
1: Like, that was literally it. Like, she... (laughs) We all we've all seen that article that talked about how the Kardashians and all these other women cherry picked the features they liked, Talking about they wanted big asses, like little, like slim waist, ass fat. That's what they wanted. And then they came when with the Fox side trend and all that other bullshit. It was very clear what they were trying to do, and she was the originator for that.
0: Like access to black culture allowed her to cross over into spaces like being written up in hip hop magazines and all of those types of journalism and them glorifying her as this type of sex symbol and nobody really wants to be sexualized in that way but she definitely wasn't adverse to it because it gave her a certain type of power and capital and ability to navigate a whole nother space. We could also talk about her proximity to whiteness and how black men dating her gave them that proximity to whiteness as well. And that's why black men often seek out (coughs) non-black women with black features.
1: That's a conversation that's been had several times amongst Black women in the Black community as a whole. And that's a conversation that repeats itself. Yeah, I can't speak because as a non-Black person, that's not my place. But we've also seen iterations of that within the non-Black community for other people of color. Like, we know Asian men.
0: That's not. Ain't it loving day or some. <laughs> Yo, God.
2: Oops. Oopsies. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I think it was yesterday. Why does it require an actual celebration? What are you doing?
0: Well, okay. So... I guess there is a way to celebrate because it doesn't just have to be about white people and black people being able to because it can tra- be about interracial marriage in general but mm-hmm. those are the ones who make it very much just
2: about yeah. <laughs> I'm very tired <laughs> of seeing the tags where it's like swirl love that's what they got squirrel love and like black male white female or white female no white black female white male on their youtube channels and all that good stuff why is that your whole personality but yeah we can celebrate other types of interracial
0: yeah because there is it's not like we america wears progressive t-shirts but is not as progressive as it would like you to believe it is so still places they're gonna go where people are gonna say racist stuff to them i guess that's why my sister has sorry but she's she's felt the spirit of tamara before and i feel bad
1: this is the second time we're bringing her up in a row
0: (laughs) and i do know that when she was out with When they were out, there would oftentimes be this thing where black men would feel the need to be excessively aggressive towards him. And they would say really mean things to her about the relationship if she didn't respond to their advances. And vice versa, white women would just walk up to him and pretend she didn't exist. Oh, you're with her? Oh, like. That type of thing. and It's very like, oh, I
1: didn't even see you there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were a waitress. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so you're yeah. together. like that sort of thing. So I get the, and she would tell me about it. And at first I would be like, girl, okay, did uh, you die? Did you die? <laughs> and it took me a while to understand that she was in situations that were actually traumatizing for her and really hurtful for her and at its core this was racism she was experiencing so while a lot of the posts are very head-ass especially when the white people are posing them sometimes you're like are you fetishizing your person you want to believe that they're doing it because they want to figure out a way to talk about their love for each other and working through the trauma of their relationship of their the obstacles that their relationship is facing
1: honestly we've discussed this before that you have far more patience and understanding <laughs> the people than i do because i will say i have specifically i'm gonna okay i'm gonna talk about ways in couples because that's my lane oh. i cannot stand i cannot stand a Asian couple where the white spouse or the white partner is in the mix and they seem to be like absorbing the Asian partner's culture just because they're in that relationship with them. It is the most oh, aggravating hate- and oh. disgusting thing I've seen. A Isn't that what they're No, not- it's not. That's the thing. It's not just Korea booze and it's not just weeboos. Oh, I hate a wig. The amount of times I have seen. A white woman specifically, dated Indian man. And again, men are the weakest link. I saw a white girl on TikTok because she was married to a Punjabi guy. She made a, an alkali suit, which is like a top with like a heavily embroidered skirt. Beautiful. She made it out of, entirely out of denim because she's like best of both worlds. Oh, wow. And then she was like out here as a Bhangra teacher or something like that. I made a response video. I was like, hey girl, I see that you've married a brown man. You do understand just because he gives you a couple inches of brown every now and then doesn't make you brown by proxy.
2: You can't convince them of that.
1: And I see it happen over and so gross.
0: I think, okay, I'm very grossed out by stuff like that on all sides, but I think this is where it starts. Especially with women, you are indoctrinated with this idea that like when you date or marry, you're supposed to become part of the man's family. So you feel this need to perform the things that he likes, learn what his family cooks, do things that he traditionally would want from his upbringing or his culture. And if you are not from the same culture, you feel the need to give him what he feels he's missing from his culture within because your we
2: home. don't raise wives, we raise mothers. Exactly.
0: True. And I, while I don't agree with this, it's not something I personally practice. I'm saying that is what patriarchy has traditionally taught women, and that is why you may see an boy. audience. This.
1: And audience, this is why Torah out of all of us, will be getting a sainthood. Because let me tell y'all, the wisdom and the patience they demonstrate every episode, I am incapable. I would have walked up to a couple and be like, ah, you both suck. Fuck you both.
0: <laughs> no, I'm I- not saying that I think it's right. I'm still disgusted by it. Oh, no, no.
1: But you have I- a level I- of tact I- that I will never possess. I- and also- I'm just in awe of, of you for that. Tree.
2: I also just read, I was watching a TikTok and this woman, she basically made a Punnett square about race and gender as it relates to white and black and then male and women. Mm-hmm. And like on her Punnett, male and white was obviously dominant. If you ever a Punnett square, you need dominance and recessives. But yeah. male and white were the dominants and then female and black were the non-dominant traits and basically she said that obviously a white man is going to be the most dominant in any situation just because that's the way that the patriarchy has been set up and Mm -hmm. black females will in this scenario black females will be completely recessive but the reason why white women and black men are so drawn to each other is because they both have at least one dominant trait. For black men, it's the fact that they're males, so they can buy into the patriarchy. For white women, it's the fact that they're white, so they can check into the supremacy notion. And so in order to capitalize on their dominant traits, they have to reject the non-dominant trait, which means Mm -hmm. that a lot of the time they wind up like clinging to each other, right? And completely rejecting for white women, the woman aspect, and for black men, the black aspect, which is why so much of their relationships are built on shunning and hatred of black women. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God,
1: that's crazy. It makes sense because it's basically like joining two co-dominant traits in an effort to have the same level of power. Yep, It's like someone threw down a Yu-Gi-Oh polymerization card and they said, together, we can make it. (laughs) I was like, yeah,
2: that, that. just the way she explained it. It was like, no, this is it. I think
1: that also plays into, so I don't know if this is a thing for black folks, but in a lot of Asian communities, and I also believe Latina communities also have this because of the idealization of whiteness, a lot of families that really heavily subscribe to that, they will go out of their way to breed out the color
2: oh yeah that was a very and it still is a very prominent aspect in a lot of black families there there are families who will literally tell you oh don't bring her home she's too black i need you to bring somebody lighter mm-hmm. And like uh, yeah. <laughs> the
0: brown paper bag test for don't do me
1: <laughs> it's not even the paper bag test of, you got to marry not even you got to marry her lighter or they will actively be like, you cannot fuck any, like, you cannot marry anyone who's white if he's de- if he's not white. They will be like, you have to get a white man because the green card and then this and that and your kids will be better. Oh. And they just keep well, nah, pushing people, like that narrative.
0: Uh, they kind of, they would rather they be light bright with good hair. The red bone. Yeah. Historically, when mm-hmm. it comes to colorism within the black community, for a while, they would rather that you be able to pass. And then it it slowly transitioned to they'd rather that you be high yellow with good hair.
2: Yeah, I would argue that the trend towards white women in Black society or whiteness in Black society is actually relatively new. Yeah. Because I think that at the core, we still want people who are could have some shared experiences, even if you can't have all of them because blackness is so special and so unique. So yeah, I think the trend towards
1: um, white is new. Oh no, I think for, again, I can't speak for all Asians, but like I know for <laughs> Indians, I wouldn't even go model minority cause that's its whole, that comes with its own set of like privileges and things that you need to do to fit in. But the proximity to whiteness and rejection of your own ethnicity and identity to get a proximity to whiteness is so intense. Cause I know entirely too many people who will anglicize their own names their entire family will anglicize their names or they will give them a super white name
0: well white people Uh, started with the anglicizing of their names because yeah that's really true uh, cause listen, the Polish came here, the Irish came here, and they're- Siobhan, uh, when I first figured out how Siobhan was originally spelled, are you kidding? They started with the dropping of the last parts of their names and changing it to something just a little bit more.
1: At the end of the day, it all comes down to you want to make yourself consumable enough to survive.
0: Yeah, and we've it. seen
1: that play it out over and over again. Like We're in the middle of Pride Month, and before, cause we're currently like in on Twitter getting shit for our take on First Kill. Let me be clear. Every single member of this podcast right now is a flaming queer. <laughs> you are talking to a queer Black woman, a Black non-binary person, and then a dacy non-binary person, every single one here.
2: And the majority of our team.
1: The majority of our team is queer women and non-binary people. I think we got like maybe, again, because we are equal opportunity employers. We don't blah, blah, blah. We don't discriminate against the Well, We got a couple of them on our team.
0: I don't know. I haven't gone in for an oil change.
1: (laughs) Like it's, we've talked about it over and over, but like pride is made consumable. It's the, it's the audio. Hi gay, happy pride month this week at the butter shop. That's what it is.
2: It's always so weird to me that I've been loving the trend where it's like, I've been struggling with being gay and Black my whole life. So I've decided to partner with XYZ. I've been loving that. Um, oh,
1: my, fa- my favorite is when I sent to a friend on a D- as a DM. I was like, as a queer Asian person, I've always felt like I had a chip on my shoulder. That's why this Pride Month, I'm partnering with frito lace
2: <laughs> Because that's literally, that is literally what it is. Y'all
0: ignore us three hundred and thirty five days of the year okay i've always felt <laughs> i've always felt called out for being a dumb virgin who can't drive
1: so this pride i'm partnering with the kumon center and subaru <laughs> so, and subaru is the gay the good line. okay listen as a bitch who has to buy a new car i cannot <laughs> tell you the temptation to just buy a subaru so it's i really want to <laughs> buy a subaru with
0: Hofax.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm really tired. In general, I hate the commodification of identities that happens whenever it's a specific month. Mm -hmm. Target, I love Target. Target is my favorite. Like, it's my relaxing spot, to be honest. Don't hype them up without a sponsor. But they might be the worst corporation outside of Disney. But Target is really bad about this because literally every February, here they come with, like, here's a bunch of Black artists that we've never featured before. But let's throw them on the shelves. They do it for... Right um, at the front, too. like In that one little corner. They do it for Latin Heritage Month. They do it for I don't think they did it for AAPI month. I don't think they did it for AAPI month, but that's coming. It's probably on the way. When they realize that's a thing that people want merchandise for. They'd be like, let's get on that train. Oh, and if the I fucking Juneteenth be- ice cream. That was Walmart. That was Walmart. <laughs> that was Walmart. That's Walmart behavior. I am gonna say I love Tabitha Bra. I'm so happy for her for getting her flowers. I'm so excited for her. The fact that this collection dropped when it did is very suspicious to me. It's very, it's very, we know black people have a holiday coming up. So let's put it around the holiday.
1: Cr- cr- that third eye, she's looking <laughs> intently.
2: I am, I am, I'm feeling certain ways. It's very no. weird.
1: It's while we're on the topic, cause we brought up Disney. My assistant Willow is writing our review of Lightyear and This comes out after embargo embargo's already up so we can talk about it they loved it they said that it's a great movie they really enjoyed it and they said that the queer character her sexuality actually plays a pretty important role in the movie
2: doesn't she have a wife
1: she does and the thing is do we remember before when the whole disney queer walkouts were happening that is when disney added their kiss back into the show before that Mm -hmm. they'd taken it out and i'm like so you're telling me that her sexuality plays a huge role but y'all felt the need to cut out the kiss until (laughs) there were consequences
2: that's because people don't like visible representation you can i guess you could explain in quotation marks to your kid oh they're best friends but if you see them kiss now it becomes something else
1: you know what it is it's like tyra back on her show in the early 2000s when she said get that fag off the tv i don't want to watch that (laughs) oh that's what it is torah's looking at me Listen, I can say it. I've been called it. I am it.
0: Out of all the things Tyra has done.
1: (laughs) She said that on national television.
0: The multiple times she freaked those kids out. That girl off for having a gap. And then (laughs) another season, she made another girl get
1: a gap. Y'all remember that that ad where she was like, you're changing ethnicities. And then she made a white girl in blackface. With an afro and a milk mustache.
0: <laughs> Remember when she made them walk down the runway, and it was like bogs, and then she yelled at them. For <laughs> <laughs>
2: we all ate that crap like for years. Who is we, we?
0: Who okay, is we I, Personally, <laughs> it was like Fear Factor, but modeling. It was like it's sixty degree weather, and you're scaling a wall. Wait, Be no, no. pretty. Do you see have, have
1: people walk? fucking vertically down a wall. Yes, whatever.
0: I'm literally talking about a challenge. <laughs> it's, the most...
1: it's freezing outside and you're
0: scaling a wall. Be prettier. Go home.
1: <laughs> he said smizing.
0: Smize, <laughs> been... bitch. But <laughs> what do you, do you know I... when I came to New York, I had nothing but the clothes on my back <laughs> and I slept on the floor with my mother.
1: <laughs> and then you got Miss J. Alexander in the back. Giving you expressions.
0: Don't talk about jazz Do you remember how mean they were? Like, looking at Takara. Look at this jiggly fat bitch. Oh <laughs> I've
2: so long thinking Takara was actually like huge. Just and the fat fat bitch was like a
0: hundred and twenty pounds. <laughs>
2: Not that big. Uh. Oh my god! They really had me thinking she was. a oh My god. Mm. <laughs> I love. I I cannot tell you. I I tuned in faithfully. Wow. Okay. Every fucking you know, walking back and
0: forth in
1: heels in front of my television. It was so toxic. Oh, no. Ain't nobody could tell you that I you weren't know living your fantasy.
0: It's something wrong with her.
2: It's literally crazy. She's a, I, my favorite moments were when she would, like, pretend that something was wrong with her in front of the models. They're oh actually
1: Wait, she didn't actually pass out? I thought no. that was real. Oh, Selling it. Like, <laughs> bitch!
2: thought you were dying but okay
0: we are not allowed to have phones in this house
1: we didn't know you know what we need her on a marvel show give us that (laughs) she could deliver oh
2: my god sorry
1: so anyway oh wait y'all we last episode we give miss marvel theories and we got the first episode this time
2: yeah
1: what do we think what do we think
2: I'm in love with her.
1: <laughs> I talked about this. You and I were <laughs> hooked on the first, the second Blinding Lights came off. I think Disney, WandaVision was my
2: favorite. It's been replaced. Mm-hmm. WandaVision was top tier for Disney TV shows and they were right to lead with WandaVision. I don't think that any other Marvel show lived up to the bar that WandaVision set mm-hmm. until now for me personally. I think there's something so real like it just feels real it feels like a teenager actually discovering that they have powers it feels like a teenager discovering romance and fighting against their family and looking for a little bit of it just feels so this is real like i feel like i could be here
1: you know what (laughs) that really got me about miss marvel specifically i'm so sorry i'm interrupting is i have had almost an exact experience that she had with avenger con when i was in high school a nerd is a nerd i was in anime club And we had, what was it called, Anime North. That was the convention that happens in Toronto. And I was like, I'm gonna cosplay. And I had to convince my Indian father to drive me and my friends to an anime convention across town. And this is before I had a conversation around my gender with them. I was in a white ball gown corset with a two meter long synthetic wig. Y'all could not tell me I wasn't Queen Serenity in that moment, okay? Looking back, shit was atrocious. But in that moment, I was in the fantasy. And my father had to drive me and my friends like that across town. (laughs) And that conversation where my, I could see it in my head of me and my mom having that conversation of like, her not understanding why I had to do this cosplay, why I had to play a female character, why I wanted a corset, why I was spending all this money. My finals were coming up at the time. I was a year away from graduating. And I was in that moment. I was like, and I love the fact that they didn't make her mom this loud, angry brown woman. Yes. They chose to specifically make her disappointed. But even in that last couple of minutes of the episode, when she talks to Kamala about, you need to think about you, your future. And then she twisted your family. And I was like, oh, that, there it is the immigrant parent thing of, think about you, but no, no, not really, think about us.
0: But that was clearly a reference to something else. It was clearly a speech she had given
1: before. It was so well done. The entire episode, Disney gave us the first two episodes. And when I tell you, I already have my TikToks for the second episode recorded, because in the second episode, they talk about partition, which is like the splitting of the country that was India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh into the countries they are now. And the way they did it was so well done. I can't tell y'all how much I love this show. I really can't.
0: I, okay, so I love it. I love how they touch on the gender dynamics within mm-hmm. the, the frustration with the gender dynamics within the household. If he wanted to go, you all would be all go have, oh my God, I li- lived for it.
1: <laughs> that's crucial. Because even in in a a progressive, like in a quote unquote progressive household, because that's what they're displaying right now. Her family is very chill. She has a white boy as a a best friend. They still let her go out to a, spoilers, I can't say that. They let her have a life. But even then, those kernels of the back home mindset never truly go away.
0: I'm going to say this, and God forgive me, don't hate me. (laughs) I loved her so much, and she's so cute, but... Maybe I'm a mama's girl. I was very upset with her when I know she really worked on her costume and all that. And she was super excited. But when her mama was like, I made this for you and your dad.
1: I love that scene. And
0: she was like, I can't wear this. I was like, what are you, a little white bitch? (laughs) It's only been a day. So that means your mom stayed up like all night making this. And you're just like.
1: Again, I think that the entire show is so well done. I think that scene was crucial to the story. We know, no, because no, no, I agree. I agree with you. I think Kamala was in the wrong in, in that scene. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because I think that scene showed us a glimpse into the people our parents wish they could have been.
0: Yeah, am my our parents maybe I'm too maybe I'm not that generation, <laughs> because I'm like. Your mother made this for you. She stayed up.
1: I would have worked on some sort of compromise.
0: But I think we were supposed to see that she was wrong.
1: Yeah, I I agree.
0: I I guess I'm a pussy because I would have cried a little bit and I just would have warned that my friend would have been mad at me. But and I also was like, oh, it combines
1: both cultures. The thing that I that really hit me is you can see the disappointment. And her mom was justifiably angry. Mm -hmm. But you can see the hurt and disappointment in her father's face. Yes. Listen, my mom is currently in (laughs) India. She might beat my ass when she listens to this podcast when she comes back. But like growing up as an adult now, as an adult child, I've had conversations with my parents about their lives growing up. And I've now got to see why they are the way they are and what went into forming the person they are today. And I think that this show does a really good job of capturing that as well because it allows you to see when you go from being an independent person but also seeing your parents as people themselves. Yeah. I think in that very brief moment, you really saw that you want this mom wants to be there for her child, but she has lived such a complicated life. She's trying to do that in a way that keeps her daughter safe. And her dad wants to be playful and useful and with his kids, but that rejection hurt them so badly. It was so beautiful. Oh my God. I can't yell. it.
0: Her, it tore me because her really mother really went from not understanding at all why this meant so much to her or what this was to. to I get that you care about this. So if it means that much to you, I'm going to make something for you for it. And like I've said for her to, she said she made those. Do you know how much work that t- she made two outfits there was padding in them and daddy
2: came with the face paint already
1: fully won. painted
2: like, like this was a real
0: full time like
2: this
1: <laughs> they set up this and ain't no for regular
0: that. Sh- they, they got shit in different areas
1: <laughs> Listen they didn't have no manic panic sitting at home he had to go out to the drugstore and get some paint for that shit too Oh my god
0: <laughs> I was just like she really was trying her best to create a compromise for, that would work for both of them. And she really did put what looked like a lot of love and effort into this. And I understand that when you're a kid, you don't have that filter a lot of times and you don't really think about other people's, you think about you're very one track oriented, but for her to just, no, like, whoa, your mom. Mama...
1: <sighs> I love that. Too. Like. I... That, that complexity does not disappear from the show. And that's what I love about it. Like, especially because you see it in the second episode. Also, fun fact, the Off Color team were working on like a little roundtable end-of-season discussion between me and a couple other of our South Asian staff and our Muslim staff. So keep an eye out for that when that drops. Well. It's so good. One thing that really pissed me off is about the reception of the show is to no one's surprise, people review-bombed it. And guess what? The audience and the critics showed the fuck back up. It is... I thought it was, it didn't have one of the highest viewed, oh, like first episodes or something on Disney Plus. Don't quote me, but it, it's something like that. And the ratings are back up too. So I ha- suck a dick.
0: But yeah, I love her character. She reminds me so much of myself and I love her so much. The dynamic between her and her parents remind like it, like, just, I don't know. So, I so cried. Good. I cried watching- So that. did I,
1: listen. And I'm very happy that like Disney, is stepping the fuck up when it comes to defending their actors from racist bullshit now, because she's been kept safe. She's been kept supported. When we interviewed her on the red carpet for Toronto, I'm so salty, I got COVID and I couldn't ask her those questions myself, but Willow stepped in for me and Willow asked one of the questions I prepped, which was, how are you taking care of yourself? And she was genuinely like, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. And this is what I'm doing. Like she's taking time off, she's stepping away. She's getting therapy when she needs it. And I love that you have that in place. And similarly, with all of the racist reactions that Leah Salva Jeffries has gotten for Percy Jackson and then Moses Ingrams for Riva on Obi-Wan Kenobi, I am overjoyed that these companies are finally stepping up to defend their actors. Because we remember what they did to John Boyega. We remember what they did to Kelly Marie Tran for Rose Tycho.
0: Wait, can I just say one more thing about-
1: Miss Marvel? Actress. Yes, go for it.
0: I also cried when I was thinking about that photo going around of the Miss Marvel costume that she made for herself.
1: It was so Um, cute. She wore that when she was 15. When she was 15.
0: And everybody thought she was the Flash. And everybody thought she was the Flash. So I also, when I was watching it, I cried thinking about the fact that (laughs) this was probably her growing up as well. So this was probably paralleling her life experiences, and mm-hmm. she got to live out her dreams. <laughs> Sorry, I broke out <laughs> when I was watching it. Like,
1: no, okay. Can we talk about the fact that how unapologetically a fan she is? Yeah, yeah. this girl, Iman. If you're ever listening, hey girl, I'm from Scarborough. I know you that you're a GTA girl, so we can grab bubble tea together. Okay, I love the fact that she was out here texting Kevin Feige. Be like, Kevin, this is not our six one six. She told Kevin Feige. (laughs) I love that for her. I love that. We're getting emotional again. Okay, you know what? We got to get to Bad Bitch of the Week because we've already been here for a while. Okay, April, let's hear your Bad Bitch of the Week.
2: My Bad Bitch of the Week is Britney Spears because I'm just so happy for her and her recent marriage. I just... The fact that she went through so much and has come out on the other side is great for me also i love that she got a prenup (laughs) i love that he signed the prenup with no issues so that everything stays safe in case they get divorced i'm just really happy for her
1: listen britney said once bit twice shy yes and i not to compliment a man because the bar is in hell but i appreciate a partner who's really there for his significant other yeah who really understands that
2: at least right now it seems like
0: that's where we are so i'm really happy for her
1: and if he tries some shit, we'll be up in arms again. <laughs> Tora, who is your bad bitch of the week?
0: My bad bitch of the week is Issa Rae, because she's coming out with uh, something else new. Yes. Uh, yes. So I Stop. 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 love her. She's always making amazing content. And I just saw this thread on Twitter that said, why is there never any feel-good Black stuff? And it made me very angry because I was like, oh, no, so fuck like Issa Rae, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's she's that's my bad, bad. That's
1: really all they make. Speaking of Quincy, Abbott Elementary is on Disney Plus, so go stream that shit. Just letting y'all know. My bad bitch of the week is Miss Jennifer Hudson, 17th inductee to the EGOT Club. She has won. She got her Emmy, she got her Oscars, she got her Grammys, and finally she got her Tony. Long overdue. Simon
2: Cowell told her that she never, she did not have what it took to be famous. I remember that shit. What the
1: fuck does that white man know?
2: (laughs) I remember that shit, I'll never forgive
0: him for that. And don't forget what Curtis said to her. He said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please. No, okay. And you know what, I'm gonna give a special shout out to Jordan Peele's Nope, the film, the entire team. Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kalua, we got Jordan, we got Steven. They're all, you know, out here. It's coming out next month. And I'm excited for the coverage we have planned. I'm not going to tell you all anything.
0: Ooh, I want to give a special shout out to Kiki Palmer's reads on Legendary. Because <laughs> since me <we> drank <laughs> our outfits
1: <laughs> N- not to get too much into it because we do need to wrap up but is it just me or is the third season just not delivering what it should have delivered
0: yeah it's not giving what it's supposed to gave
1: did you see that uh, last episode where they tried to recreate alia's va- the vampire and everything
0: my partner said it's because they got white audience members now <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> all right y'all that's it for us tune in next time bye, bye.
0: This has been an Off Color production.
2: Make sure you follow us everywhere at OffColor.org. That's color with a U.
0: Check out our Patreon for exclusive content. And leave us a review while you're here. Until next time, we are off.